Welcome back. You are listening to What's the Brew. I am your host, Slowly Moon, and I return as a natural mystic and honestly just a divine being having a human experience trying to not just survive but thrive and multiply all this goodness and magic onto everyone else. Okay. Welcome back. We are here with another episode of What's the Brew, and we have so much stuff to discuss in this episode. Um, We are currently recording from our altar room because we wanted to have a little bit of closeness with spirit in this recording. And so what we're going to be talking about, of course, is our astro tea and our gospel and a lot of the stuff we're talking about today in this episode is all about Jupiter and the themes that Jupiter carries and it just feels right to do this because as you guys all know we are about to enter uh, Sagittarius season very 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 soon and we are about to also have the new moon in Sagittarius which is taking place literally on like the the second full day of Sagittarius season. So I am super excited. I know you guys have been feeling the shift. I feel like now that both Venus and Mercury are now in Sagittarius, it's definitely starting to feel a lot like that energy. And there's a lot more, I would say, um, lightness and, you know, more relaxation, I would say, in the collective since those two planets have shifted. So for all of the Scorpios that are listening, Scorpio suns, Scorpio moons, Scorpio risings, um, other Scorpio placements, okay, Um, I hope you had a great Scorpio season. I hope that you remember all of the things that you learned during Scorpio season and may you carry it carefully, okay, as wisdom that you can apply at any time during the seasons ahead. There is so much for us to receive. There is so much for us to, you know, plant still while we are also in the season of receiving. Um, But all of those things will unfold naturally at their own time, okay, but it's still important for us to apply the wisdom we have learned, So the first thing we're actually going to talk about is no doubt the Sagittarius new moon, because this is one of the first things taking place during Sagittarius season. Literally, you guys. So the sun enters Sagittarius at 3.20 a.m. That is Eastern Standard Time on November 22nd. Okay, so if you were on the Pacific time zone, the West Coast, then that is 12.20 a.m. on November 22nd, which is going to be a very special day because that is 11.22 of the year 2022. And for those of you who are in the Pacific Standard Time Zone, um, 12.20 is more a play, I would say, on those numbers. That's really, really, really special. I think it really just kind of sets the tone of what we can expect for Sagittarius season. I always say Sagittarius season feels like the reward of getting through Scorpio season. And I feel like as a collective, especially this year, this Scorpio season was so freaking long. Like we're literally still in it, okay? Um, And it was really heavy. There's a lot of heavy work. I would say, honestly, 
the last six months have probably felt more scorpion than anything else i think virgo season was a really nice break but literally since then it's just been just been a lot so i feel like the sagittarius season is going to come with a lot of great rewards and kind of remind us you know what sweetness we are brought to the table to our own altars when we are trusting and when we just allow things to kind of flow at their own pace and completely surrender now one of the things i will talk about first actually about sagittarius season is the fact that we are now back in the mutable sun okay so our mutable signs are virgo uh, Pisces, Sagittarius, and Gemini. And so while the sun is in these signs, there seems to be a little bit more ease and kind of relaxation that is flowing throughout the collective. But of all of those <laughs> signs, I would say that Sagittarius and Gemini um, are probably the least calm. <laughs> um, and so while this is a really great season for us to kind of recharge while also resting to receive, um, there is also going to be a lot of fun, I would say, and a little bit more joy kind of felt in the air. Obviously, Sagittarius season taking place during the pre-holiday season is not a surprise at all. I think that it is very much aligned and is definitely not a convenience. Um, it's definitely, you know, not a coincidence. It is, it just totally makes sense to me. Um, but anyways, you guys, this new moon, I'm so, so, so excited about, um, because it's happening on the 23rd of November. So literally the next day. Okay. And so it's happening at 5:57 PM and that is again, Eastern standard time. So for those of you on the Pacific time zone, that would be 2:57 PM. Um, everybody else, you're going to kind of have to, you know, do your own, do your own math and figure it out. But all you have to know is that's happening on the evening of November 23rd. And it's actually happening right at the first degree of Sagittarius. So the moon and the sun will both be at the first degree of Sagittarius. So we have honestly all of that day, well, all of that evening and the 24th, I would say, and maybe even a little bit of the 25th to work our magic so while this new moon is taking place on a wednesday on a mercury day if you're actually feeling more called to wait until the actual thursday jupiter's day to actually do your work any rituals of any kind under the moon then you can definitely do it on the jupiter's day as well that is totally fine um, but yeah, we have a really, really exciting new moon taking place in Sagittarius. So we're going to talk about that before anything else. Okay. Now this upcoming new moon in Sagittarius is extra special. Um, as it is the first new moon we are having in the sign of the archer in two years that isn't an eclipse. Okay, so let, let that sink in for a little bit. Okay, this year we've had, you know, four eclipses taking place um, on the Scorpio uh, Taurus axis, um, but also in the year of 2020, which was absolutely insane of a year, we had, by the way, six eclipses in total, which might explain a little bit of the chaos we we experienced um the last one of those six eclipses was a solar eclipse in sagittarius and so this is the first one in literally two years that isn't an eclipse and so for those of you who don't feel as comfortable you know tapping into 
any sort of manifestation work during the eclipse kind of energy or seasons, then this is a really great moon for you to work under because it's the first one in a minute where we can do some stuff, some real big stuff, okay, in terms of Sagittarius energy. Now, with that being said, I will say I do find that the eclipses that take place on two separate axes within the same year tend to bring a lot more transformation, but it's also done in a very, very, very exhausting way. And I feel like 2020 was a really huge year of a lot of layers being peeled back um, from a global you know, standpoint. And so while many of us were already doing the work, it's really taking a huge um, you know, stage for the public and a lot of things are becoming undone now. And so it was a very exhausting year. But that year, we also had eclipses on different axes. Same with 2021. So, you know, I feel like with this year, we're finally getting a little bit more of a, of a, <laughs> of a break, even though it was eclipses on the Taurus-Scorpio axis. Um, but now that we are done that, okay, at least until next year, we have this new moon in Sagittarius that is taking place. And, you know... It is a huge celebration as always with Sagittarius energy because we are celebrating the end of eclipse season and as well the first steps of a new and improved life for ourselves. And so, you know, we've been trending, we've been treading water in the depths of Scorpio season for so long. And so now it's time for us to finally dry off and feel the warmth of the sun of love, of victory, of joy on our skin again, okay? This is the season where the internal glow that beams so, so bright, it upgrades everything externally. And that is why we absolutely love, you know, Sagittarius energy. Now, before we do get into all sorts of things about the chart, I do want to talk a little bit about Sagittarius itself because I feel like that's really necessary for us to really understand the energy where we're walking into, okay? So Sagittarius is the ninth zodiac and ruler of the ninth house. It is the sister sign to Gemini, okay? And so both Gemini and Sagittarius are immutable signs, but I will say that Sagittarius is very different from the other mutable signs. Sagittarius, I would say, is well known as the leader and the comedian of the Zodiac. I would say that Aries is also known as a leader and a comedian of the Zodiac, but Sagittarius is, is that times like 10, I would say. Okay, so the cheerleader and the comedian. Um, but it is also a sign that keeps the party going for everyone. So even when Sagittarius isn't really feeling their hottest, they always show up for other people. Okay, I find that Sagittarius are always just really loving beings. Um, yes, some of them are very, 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 very crazy. Okay, but they are amazing beings when they are truly in their highest form, I would say most evolved um, form. Now, this fire sign tends to manifest as the old saying, go big or go home, or otherwise, go big or go big, okay? And it teaches all of those around them how to do the same. Sagittarius is, you know, really good at hyping other people up, I would say. Um, and they are easily likable because they have a positive sort of mindset that they choose to lean into. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it is something that they are choosing, right? 
Now, I would also say that Sagittarius is the cosmic proof that luck is not just this scarce elixir that is exclusive and exotic and is only given exclusively to some people. Okay, luck is a spirit just like abundance, and the more that you believe in it, the more of it you will attract, honestly and truly. And I would say that Sagittariuses walk around the earth knowing this, and they walk around the earth like as if they are God's gift to the rest of us, because that is what they are, right? But that is also what we all are. And I feel that Sagittarius is just really, you know, better than the other signs at projecting this truth in a non-inflamed ego way, okay? Yes, Sagittarius are fire signs and they're, you know, very expressive and very loud, but I would say out of all of the fire signs, I would say that Sagittarius has the most <laughs> mature ego, okay? Um, and Leos and Aries might be mad when I say that, but it's kind of true, okay? Sagittarius is, I feel like because they are ruled by Jupiter, they um, are very close to spirit and have a very deep, deep, deep devotion to spirit. And so that kind of humbles them in various ways and, and helps them to understand that everything they have is, yes, because of their hard work and, you know, everything else that they've done. But it's also because they were led through those things from spirit and by spirit. And that is what keeps their ego, I would say, mature and evolved compared to the other fire signs. Now, I would also say that a lot of people hate on Sagittarius because of, you know, the way they might carry themselves, which is being God's gift to the earth. But that's only because they wish they had the confidence to do the same. That's the truth. Okay. Um, but, you know, again, Sagittarius isn't just like cocky because they feel like, oh, I've just been chosen and it is what it is. No, Sagittarius's belief in luck is not enough to attract it and they know that and so that is why i would say sagittarius being a mutable sign soaks up everything and digests it in a way that transmute the energy for their own good okay and so while others might think that they are cocky and full of themselves, like, baby, yes, you be full of yourself too. If you realize how much spirit loves you, if you realize how much God loves you and wants to give you everything, okay? Sagittarius have just cracked the code and everybody else is just trying to catch up. That's the truth, okay? Both Gemini and Sagittarius are studious, I would say, and love to be students of the universe. Um, however, while Gemini teaches us the lessons and provides us with the right tools to apply ourselves in this world and to ensure we are able to take further steps in this journey, right, of our mission. Um, those are all really great things. But Sagittarius is the evolution of this journey, okay? Sagittarius is not just the student, but they are also the professor. They are the sensei. They are the grand master. They are the lead spear guy. I want you to think for a second. You probably have so many different spear guides or angels or ancestors, etc., that you work with, okay? Now, of all of them, there are some that I'm sure you would agree with that stand out to you more than others or, you know, that really kind of take charge 
of, you know, the support they, that they all bring to you, right? There's always like one or two or three, maybe sometimes that are kind of uh, in charge of the whole scenario. And so that's Sagittarius, I would say. Okay. Um, and that is what I would say makes them so, so special. You know, if I were to explain the Gemini Sagittarius axis, which we are stepping into as of, well, next week, pretty much, I would say that Gemini is like the young Padawan, okay, the the young one who is still learning about the force and how to use the force, but Sagittarius is Yoda, okay, Sagittarius has mastered the force and knows how to use it for its good and not allow it to consume you into darkness and has become this ascended master to now guide others through that journey as well. That is how I would explain um, Gemini and Sagittarius as an axis and as sister signs. Okay. Gemini is like elementary school and I would say even high school. Um, and Sagittarius is like college and university. It's, your, it's getting your master's degree. It's getting your PhD. It's a whole other level. <laughs> okay. And so um, that is why I feel like this season, just as a quick thing of um, predictions and things that might play out a lot for us, I'm going to say a lot of information, just a lot of information about a lot of different things are going to come in. And we're already sort of seeing this happen right now. Um, through social media because we have Jupiter right now conjunct to Neptune in Pisces, right, which is ruled by Sagittarius, um, Jupiter, and those two planets are slowly starting, well, Neptune especially, is squaring off with Mars in Gemini, who is another planet about information (laughs) and receiving information. And so while there's an abundance of information coming in, it is coming in so, so quick with this hot Martian energy, but it's also being done in this very cloudy, not very clear um, fashion, which is typical Piscean energy. And so there's a lot of information, but a lot of different things being given and poured into the collective, I would say, during um, Sagittarius season. But we have to be very, very careful with this information because a lot of it is not going to serve our higher purpose. So it's going to be really, really, really important for us to ensure we know how to tell a difference. Okay, that's really, 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 really important for um, Sagittarius season. Okay, now let's talk more about some of the themes that Sagittarius kind of rules and highlights. Um, Some of these things can include, like I mentioned before, higher education, such as degrees and PhDs, you know, law school, uh, medical school. Um, But Sagittarius also rules wisdom, philosophy, religion, spirituality, traveling, global affairs, the idea of culture, I would say in anthropology, okay, is very Sagittarian, um, growth and expansion. And of course, yes, abundance and luck are on this list too. But Sagittarius isn't just these fun themes, okay? Because as we all know, Sagittarius is the warrior of the Zodiac. So I would say as well, you know, if Aries is the idea of war itself, 
then I would say Sagittarius are the soldiers and sergeants of this war, okay? Sagittarius is like the gathering place where strategy on a bigger scale is understood and mastered, and then it becomes, you know, this thing that is put into action as a surprise to the others, the opponents, when the collective rises together through that energy that we know as Aquarius. And so do you see how they are all connected, all the Zodiac? It's almost like one really beautiful story being told. Um, and maybe we'll talk about that in another episode or somewhere else. Um, but they are all very much so connected, okay? And I would say it's very beautiful and I could go on about it forever, but I won't do that right now because I have so much to say about Sagittarius season and this new moon. Um, but yeah, Sagittarius is also, I would say, um, expansive and a lot of that expansiveness can't even really be put into words. And so while I'm doing my best to explain that expansiveness in this one podcast episode, I feel like, you know, Sagittarius is such a big part of the Zodiac puzzle and the um, collective ascension puzzle that maybe one episode isn't enough, you know? Um, and that's really because Jupiter is just so expansive. Jupiter is just a lot, you guys. Jupiter in Aries has been a lot. Jupiter has been, you know, in retrograde since July 28th. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> Jupiter has been really just, I would say, witnessing all the chaos from afar, but also not that far. You know what I mean? Um, and so we're actually going to talk a little bit more about that chaos um, very soon, actually, because one of the things that's taking place during Sagittarius season will be an opposition between the Sagittarius sun and Mars in Gemini. And so while Mars has been in Gemini for quite some time now, and, you know, we are seeing all sorts of things come from that, um, all sorts of <laughs> gossip and violence and accidents and all sorts of things, lots of social stimulation, I would say. So again, protect yourself, cleanse your energy as much as possible, okay? Be mindful of who you are around because there is a lot of shit out there, honestly and truly. Um, but there will be an opposition between Mars and Gemini and the Sun and Sagittarius, and that is going to heighten that circus, okay? It's like the final act that's coming out really soon <laughs> during this opposition. Um, and so while that's not going to happen just yet, because as of right now, um, we have Mars, you know, sitting in Gemini at the 22nd degree um, of Gemini. But as we get towards the later part of Sagittarius season, that is when we're going to really be feeling that um, opposition and really feel that sort of kind of chaos take place again neptune and and jupiter are also squaring off to mars and gemini and so that's not really gonna make things any better it's probably just going to make us i would say very tired um and maybe want to give up and maybe even have some really explosive not so great thoughts so we want to make sure that we are remembering to maintain our peace anchor yourself in the things that you know bring you um, joy and feel like home so that you're not exploding and taking things to the extreme when you could have just taken it to the divine, okay? 
Okay, so I kind of went off topic here. So I want to get back to Sagittarius stuff. Um, when we are talking about Sagittarius, we also have to talk about the house that it rules. So as I mentioned earlier, Sagittarius is the ninth zodiac and it also rules the ninth house. And so we will find very similar themes, um, obviously, in that house, which also can include, yes, higher education, but also our desire to pursue those particular paths here on Earth, or even the path of deepening our spirituality and those practices and maybe even our religious connections. And so while many of us might not really enjoy the idea of religion, there are so many religions out there that are absolutely beautiful and are, you know, crazy and have these negative traumatic things attached to them that you know the desire to deepen those connections and 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 want to go and explore those is not necessarily a bad thing you have to unlearn the pain that was put on you from that space okay um now with that being said oftentimes we can understand someone's deeper morals and values Okay, that they have for themselves and even how they may even carry themselves in their conversations with you, you can kind of recognize what they might hold as values and morals. And we can see these things specifically more by looking at their ninth house and looking at the placements in those in that house, if there are any. Okay. And the reason for that is because this is the house that shows our philosophies. Okay, so this house can show us what attitudes and theories we carry close to our heart uh, and have also shaped us to become who we are. And for many of us, those philosophies were planted within us while we were still very, very young, okay, as adolescents, as children, as toddlers. And those were all the things that took place in the years where our third house was really being activated the house of Gemini. And so now that we have grown and we've matured and we are now going through life on our own, we may choose to unlearn these philosophies or transform them into something new and something that truly reflects us in this beautiful way on this beautiful journey. Okay. So I hope that this kind of gives you guys a better understanding of Sagittarius energy, um, the themes of Sagittarius, as well as the ninth house, and also the importance of looking at the third house when we are talking about the ninth house, okay? They are very, very, very important to look at. While we are in the season of one, we are having the full moon in the other, and so it's really, really important for us to look at both, okay? Okay, now let's get into the astro chart of this new moon. Okay, so earlier I kind of dropped the time of the new moon, but I want to recap what I said earlier because I just went on a huge rampage about Sagittarius and the ninth house to ensure that we understand better, you know, the energy that we're dealing with. So as a reminder, this new moon is taking place on November 23rd, okay, at 5.57 p.m. That is Eastern Standard Time. So for those of you on the West Coast or the Pacific Standard Time Zone, that is 2.57 p.m., okay? And this is a really, really, really special time because literally less than 10 minutes later, so at 6.02 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the same day, so a.k.a. Uh, 3.02 p.m. Pacific time, Jupiter, the ruler of Sagittarius, 
Will Station Direct. Yes. And I love this. I love when the universe conspires in our favor as always and puts things in such beautiful divine alignment like this. I absolutely love it. Okay. Um, so we will talk about Jupiter um, Station Direct very quickly. Um, again, Jupiter stationed retrograde on the 28th of July okay, in Aries, and that was at the eighth degree, and although that took place on July, the end of July, um, the pre-shadow actually started back in May, okay, so the pre-shadow of Jupiter's retrograde actually started on May 4th, which would have been um, during, you know, Taurus season, and literally like five days after the solar eclipse in Taurus. So just like I mentioned in the previous episode called So Below As Above, so not the last one, but the one before that, I was talking about how close um, in relation Jupiter plays to the eclipses taking place on the Taurus-Scorpio axis. And we can see that even more so if we go back in time, even just this past year, and seeing how close together these cosmic phenomena took place, okay? So the shadow period of, of Jupiter's retrograde started on May 4th. It officially went retrograde on July 28th, which was actually the uh, new moon in Leo, so another fixed sign, hello, and now we are finally in the mutable signs energy, we are in the new season after a fixed sign, we are officially done the eclipse season, and so now Jupiter saying, okay, the shit show is over, I can come out now, <laughs> and so now Jupiter is stationing direct um, on the 23rd, again, at 6.02 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so literally less than 10 minutes after the exact moment of the new moon, and that is taking place at the 28th degree of Pisces. Now, the post-shadow period for Jupiter's retrograde will end on February 14th, okay, of 2023. So what do we have here? we have this really strong energy of um, the fixed signs really being present during Jupiter's transit. And so when we're talking about expansion, when we're talking about Jupiter, and we're talking about the idea of what Jupiter brings to the table, which I would say is um, magnifying things in our life, right? And expanding certain themes in our life. Don't think that that's only going to take place during Sagittarius season, because all the things that we have been dealing with, I would say, during this year are the things that were magnified the absolute most to us during the fixed seasons. And Jupiter is just playing in our face and showing us and, and hoping that we'll catch on. <laughs> so here you have it, okay? Again, Jupiter is stationing direct on the day of the new moon in Sagittarius, but the post-shadow period will end on February 14th, which is also known as um, 
you know, Valentine's Day. <laughs> so that's a really easy way for us to remember that. And that is during that is during Aquarius season. So we're going to see more of the themes that kind of played out during Jupiter's retrograde for us that were expanded and magnified for us to learn and master and conquer and conquer to overcome. OK, start to kind of return to us during um, Aquarius season. And there's actually a really special event taking place for Jupiter during Aquarius season. Um, but I'm actually gonna talk about that, I think a little bit later on in another episode, because if I start talking about it now, you guys, I will never get to the new moon chart. So let me just <laughs> pause right there and get back to this new moon chart, okay? So as I said before, the new moon is taking place at the very first degree of Sagittarius. And this is so juicy because we are actually going to have a Sagittarius stellium taking place. So while we have the sun and the moon in Sagittarius, we are also going to have Venus and Mercury in Sagittarius as well. And all of these celestial bodies are in conjunction of one another. Venus and Mercury are in a very tight conjunction of one another and will continue to be so for the rest of the year actually, which is really, really great for us in terms of um, social contracts, relationships, communication, etc. We are finally starting to mend all of the issues and talk things out, come to solutions with people, some resolutions. Some of those resolutions is, you know, going your separate ways, okay? It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be BFFs again or be in each other's lives again, but there is going to be a lot of peace, I would say, and tranquility that is felt for the rest of the year um, as we have this really beautiful conjunction of Mercury and Venus. And so during the new moon of Sagittarius, we are going to see that wonderful um, conjunction take place. Now, my favorite thing about this new moon is the fact that it is a Sagittarius ruled moon and Jupiter, or sorry, oh my God, I can't even talk. It is a Jupiter ruled moon. <laughs> sorry, you guys. And it is connecting um, harmoniously to, um, to uh, Neptune and Jupiter. Okay, so Jupiter, who is in Pisces, yes, and will be stationing direct again a, a few minutes after this new moon takes place, um, is going to be making a trine to the moon and the sun at this time. Um, but also the moon is connecting to Neptune and Pisces as well. And so it's nice because although these planets are in are in watery signs, um, they are still taking part in this beautiful event that is taking place. And so what does that mean? It means that the things that we are, you know, setting as intentions, um, the things that really come up for us during this new moon cycle, okay, um, are really going to be expanded and have some really beautiful flows about them because of Jupiter and Pisces. Now, Pisces, who is also ruled by, yes, both Jupiter and Neptune, um, is all about magic and is all about, you know, spirit and the other realm. And so what I will say about this new moon is that it's going to be very, very, very optimistic and very much full of fantasy. And I know that a lot of times we see this as a bad thing because sometimes we can, 
you know, go to the extremes with our fantasies, I would say because we are in Sagittarius season, you should allow yourself to dive into those fantasies just for a little bit longer, okay? Scorpio season was a lot. The eclipses were a lot. So if you choose to dive into a little bit of fantasy and happily ever after this season, I don't think there is anything wrong with that, okay? But like I said, everything in moderation, okay? And Jupiter does not know anything about moderation and neither does Neptune. <laughs> These two planets are like boundaries where? We don't know her. I don't know who that, what that is. So we want to make sure that we aren't going beyond our limits, okay? Um, while this is a very positive moon for abundance and, and, and ritual work and magic and etc., it is also going to be a very passionate moon. I feel like it's going to feel very much so like a super moon, okay? Like a full moon, but like a super moon because it's going to have so much strong, um, you know, Jupiterian energy about it because Jupiter and Neptune are making a trine to the sun and moon in Sagittarius. Okay, and while we have Mercury and Venus conjunct to the sun and moon, um, this is going to further heighten and strengthen um, our desire to maybe speak our mind a little, bit more, a little bit more easily and say everything on our mind. And sometimes that is a good thing and sometimes that isn't a good thing, okay? And when we have Venus in between all of this, um, it's definitely going to be projected a lot on those that we love and the things that we, 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 we basically carry close to our hearts, okay? So we want to make sure that we are channeling this energy to the best of our ability by anchoring ourselves first. It's very, 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 very important, you guys, that before we tap into anything under this new moon, that we are grounded, because if we just jump in with our emotions, child, oh my God, it's going to be very messy. It's going to be very messy. It can get very messy very quickly, okay? Sagittarius is wonderful, yes, and a master and all those things I said earlier. But Sagittarius is also the biggest clown at the damn circus, okay? So just make sure you aren't feeding the things that you said you were going to take away your attention from. Make sure you are ignoring the things that are sent to distract you. Okay, because distractions are just as bad as destruction. In fact, distractions lead to destructions of the destiny. So make sure that you are silencing those things and not putting more um, attention to those things because it's going to magnify a lot. Okay, Jupiter magnifies everything. And Jupiter in Pisces conjunct to Neptune is the manifestation of thoughts on overload and never really leaving them, never really leaving Wonderland and just making a world of our own while we are there. And so while that is great for, um, you know, automatic writing and writing in the present tense about our intentions and setting the intentions of abundance, writing the certain mantras, making our vision boards of abundance, etc. These are all really great things. We also need to make sure to be realistic, okay? Because when Capricorn season comes around, baby, we don't want to be feeling like we played ourselves, right? We want to be able to still say, okay, I know I took some really huge leaps of faith last season, but now that I am landing on my feet, I can see the path ahead of me and I can walk it 
with confidence because I know that those leaps of faith led me here and not to my fall. Okay, so it's really, really, really important. Um, anywho, let me kind of get back into this chart details because there's a lot going on here, you guys. So while the sun and the moon again are conjunct to Mercury and Venus um, and making a trine to Neptune and Jupiter, um, Jupiter is also again still square to Mars. And so this is a reminder that although Sagittarius is a fire sign, and wants to do things very quickly and can lose their patience very quickly, we are being reminded under this moon that we can take our time. There is no rush in what we are doing. There is no rush in the blessings we are receiving, okay? So take your time building them. Take your time praying for them. Take your time lighting candles for them, lighting candles for yourself, okay? And, and do that. And actually, something that just came to me right now from spirit as a message is whenever you are setting those prayers and you're setting intentions, and you're lighting those candles for your goals or whatever it is that you're planting, make sure you are also setting a candle for yourself because we want to make sure that we are caught up energetically to the intentions we are planting because sometimes our intentions are way up in the 5D, okay? but we are still very much in the 3D mentality of fear and lack. And so we, we dig in our heels into that realm. And so we can't really catch up. And so therefore the realm that we are on can't catch up to the heavenly realm of our thoughts and our heart and our intentions. Okay. And that can be really tough to deal with. And then when Capricorn season comes around, we're going to want to pull up the whole, the whole plan and start all over again. We don't really have to, okay? So take your time making your plans for this new moon. Take your time, uh, you know, preparing for your intentions, okay? Don't rush your rituals either. Really take your time. Sagittarius is, again, bigger than life itself. Jupiter, the king of the sky, okay? We call that sugar zaddy, <laughs> That's who Jupiter is. And so Jupiter deserves the absolute best. Okay. So if you want, if you see yourself um, having a ritual and that includes maybe herbs and flowers or all sorts of things, get the ones you want. Don't settle for something else. Get what you want. Okay. For this ritual. This new moon is really teaching us to go after what we want and not to settle for less ever. And if that means it's going to take a little bit longer to get what you desire, then so be it. Why would you rush to receive some knockoff thing when you could have just waited your damn turn, okay, when they called you up, you already had the ticket in your hand, but waited your damn turn to go and pick up said blessing and have it in its full authenticity. Why not just do that? Okay, so while yes, it can take longer, it is going to be worth the damn journey. Okay, so do not sell yourself short, honey. Do not sell yourself short. You are worth it. Your blessings are worth it. The, the sacrifices of your ancestors were worth it. The sacrifices of your inner child, of the past burdens of yourself are worth it. So take your time, beloved. Okay, take your time. That is a huge, huge, huge message. Again, Sagittarius is super, super, super impatient. Okay, fire sign. 
And as we know, again, Jupiter is, yes, in Pisces, but was in Aries when it stationed retrograde. And so we have been very impatient with ourselves during this whole intense transform transformative t uh, year and eclipse seasons. And so, you know, this is the time for us to put down the sword, take off the armor, let ourselves get soft, get in the bath, okay, take care of yourself, prepare your temple to receive these blessings, okay? Um, what else am I seeing with this chart? Honestly, you guys, that is pretty much it. Um, Saturn and Uranus are still squaring off to each other. The North Node is still conjunct to Uranus as well in Taurus, um, but they are not the main um, characters of this event because that season is over finally, well, or is about to be over, I should say. Um, and so, you know, we are being given this time now to really just focus on taking all the information and all the lessons from, again, the eclipse seasons and et cetera, from Jupiter's retrograde and putting it down on paper, writing it out potentially and allowing it to come to life over time. Okay. Um, but yes, this is a really, really, really beautiful new moon. There are a lot of positive aspects in this chart that I absolutely love. Um, the square of Neptune to Mars and, and Jupiter to Mars isn't fantastic, but other than that square, everything else has been kind of taking place for quite some time, like the square of Uranus to Neptune, uh, to Saturn. Um, so I'm not really worried about that, but there's a lot of really, 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 really great um, positive aspects in this chart. Now, I will also say this actually, um, because Chiron is in Aries, which is a fire sign, um, as we are shifting through Sagittarius season and as the sun, you know, kind of gets closer to the degrees that Chiron is sitting at, there will be a trine to Chiron and the Sagittarius sun. And as I'm saying this and recording this, um, Mercury and Venus are actually at the third and fourth degree of Sagittarius. But by the time we have the new moon, by the time we have the new moon in Sagittarius, they'll be at the 10th and 9th degree. And so they are already making their way towards that trine to Chiron in Aries. So what does this mean as a collective? I will say that this means that the energy of impatience um, can be actually rooted in a place of trauma and triggers because something within us is saying, I want this thing now because it's going to make me feel better about X, Y, and Z. And so we're pushing really hard for that so we can escape this uncomfort of the shadow or of the shame or the defeat that we're maybe feeling right now or in the past. And when we see that trine to Venus and Mercury to Chiron, that can kind of enhance. Yes, trines are wonderful because they bring harmony, but they also just enhance things in general, okay? And so um, triggers and even people projecting onto you, okay, like your friend circles, um, people that you work with, um, clients even, there can be a lot of projection of people's pain being put on us through communication, whether it's done over social media, face to face, you know, on the astral realm, <laughs> doesn't matter, okay? There can be a lot of projections when that trine comes into play. And so under this new moon, 
while we do have this trine taking place uh, with Chiron to Mercury and Venus, um, we have to remember that the things that we are manifesting isn't just this thing that's going to make us feel better and bring us this, you know, taste of victory that's rooted in revenge against other people or, you know, to prove other people wrong, okay? We're not here to prove anyone wrong. We're here to prove to ourselves that we were right, okay? Let's get out of the mindset of, oh, do, do it well and slay and prove them all wrong. Well, why are you so spiteful? <laughs> why are you so focused on proving these motherfuckers wrong? Who gives a fuck what these muggle fuckers think about you? Who cares? Don't do it to prove them wrong. Do it to prove yourself right. I was right all along. I am that girl. I am that rich witch bitch. Yes, that is me. I was always right. My intentions were always true. The words I spoke have always been true. The visions that I have been seeing have always been true. The cards I've been pulling have always been in alignment. Okay, let's do this not to prove anyone wrong, but to prove ourselves right, to be the, to be the confirmation that we've always known deep down. Not to prove others wrong. Do it to prove yourself right. Fuck them. Who gives a rat's ass about their ass? Nobody. <laughs> do it for you for the right reasons, okay? Don't do it to prove anyone wrong. Don't feed into that inner child. Oh, I'm still waiting for permission from other people by waiting for their, for their apology or waiting for them to say that they were wrong or waiting for whatever, whatever, whatever. Stop waiting, beloved. Free your inner child. Forgive yourself and move forward so that you can make space for your blessings, okay? That is what needs to happen. That is what needs to happen, okay? So manifest with your heart's desire. Allow your inner child to be a part of the process in terms of creativity, okay? So maybe after your, your ritual work, Maybe you go and have a play date with your inner child and you go do something fun, do something a little bit more light work. Maybe it's, I don't know, arts and crafts. Maybe it's a paint and paint night with wine or joints or friends and crystals and incense and whatever you want it to be. Maybe it's just going out and shaking your ass, okay? Whatever it is though, go out and do something for your inner child after you are done your ritual work, I would say, for this new moon, okay? But let's really make sure that we are focusing on the better of ourselves for ourselves, not to prove anyone wrong who told us things that we chose to believe about ourselves because we didn't really know who we were, but let's prove it to ourselves to show that we were always right and that we always did know who we are, okay? And so for all of you who are listening, who have a Sagittarius son, I want to say happy, 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 happy slow return. I wish I knew more of you in a more grounded sense and not the uninvolved sense. I love you guys. You guys are some of the most amazing magicians I've ever seen on this planet. And I absolutely love your magic. I love your season and all that it comes and brings to the table. So happy, happy, happy slow return to all the Sagittarius suns. If you are a Sagittarius moon, I am wishing you a happy lunar-ish return as the new moon is going to bring you some very special magic. I am sure, sure of it. And if you are Sagittarius rising, then honey, 
this is your time to shine and you better listen to the next segment I have to say, okay? Because I have a lot more to say about this new moon that I will be saying very soon. And you are in main character season and I am very, very, very excited for you, okay? Um, and for those of you who have Sagittarius placements, whether it's your Mercury placement, your Venus replacement, your Mars placement, your Chiron placement, whatever it may be, I hope that the Sagittarius season brings you an abundance of wisdom and peace and joy and you know just sweetness because that's what you deserve okay so as you can tell i am very 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 excited for this new moon and i am doing my absolute best to speak slowly so that my excitement doesn't mess up the delivery of these messages which as you can tell are coming in very quick like i said earlier at the beginning of this episode i am recording from my altar room which includes uh three altars and two main coon kitty cats who are actually sagittarius suns and gemini moons so yeah that is where i am recording from so i'm really trying to do my best to um deliver these messages um but you guys i am so 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 excited for this new moon um mostly because of how it plays out for me cosmically speaking and just because of the kind of year that it's been honestly and truly like it has been a long fucking year it really has and i really thought (laughs) this year was going to be one of the best years of my life. I really did. I really thought that the eclipses were going to bring in this amazing, magical, like offering of abundance in this materialistic way because that's what I was so focused on and that is not what happened at all. Although yes, actually there have been some really great abundance opportunities during this time that I have called in. Um, It didn't happen in the way that my Scorpio stellium was trying to control and hope that it would have happened, Um, you know, and yes, in other areas of my life, you know, I've had amazing growth and expansion, but the amount of loss I've had to mourn and the overcoming of defeat and having to forgive myself that took place this year, um, in, in many ways, it feels like it outweighs the blessings, to be honest. Um, and it has been very tremendous. And so, you know, when I look at this new moon chart, I'm just really excited and relieved because I have been waiting for a cosmic event that would make me fall back in love with the ritual work and magic and just the ascension process itself. Because sometimes I'm just like, what's the point? <laughs> what is the fucking point all i just i just know more shit nothing else has really changed but that's not true at all right that's just the ego talking and there's actually been a lot of really great changes and i have to remind myself a lot this year that there are so many prayers that i have been praying for for years and years and years and years and years that have manifested this year and i'm very 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 lucky but wow like the character development that had to take place for them to happen i just I honestly am just amazed. Um, So if anyone is listening to this and feels like they are still, you know, in their villain era or their flop era, you know, it's totally fine, okay? I promise you that it is going to get better 
and that you will make it okay you're not the only one that's there a lot of us are just getting out of that era or are still kind of in it and are still slowly paying off spiritual debt from before so i promise you it will get better just don't give up on yourself okay when everyone else turns their back on you and you feel like you're alone, remember that you're not. You have your spirit guides, you have your you have spirit, you have your ancestors, you have yourself, okay? And you have the coven and we are all gonna make it. We all have our own timing, but I promise you, we are all going to make it. And actually it is in those moments where we feel like we are in our villain and flop era where the most transformation takes place. So, so shout out to you and your new skin. I hope that you recognize how beautiful it actually is despite the shutting process okay so the thing that i am most excited about with this moon is the fact that it takes place in the sign of my midheaven and i feel honestly truly blessed to have my midheaven and ascendant both ruled by uh, by the same planet which is jupiter and sometimes I think that I could lean in more into the magic of Jupiter so that, you know, I could maybe manifest better. I don't know. Maybe that's just my astrologer brain talking. Um, but, you know, I'm leaning more into my Jupiter kind of placements and where Jupiter plays in my chart um, a lot um, during the Sagittarius season. And so for me, that includes my midheaven and my ascendant, which is in Pisces. Um, and so by looking at my own birth chart, and honestly, even my soul return chart for this year, which has big Sagittarius energy attached to it, um, you know, the idea of Sagittarius and the idea of Jupiter are really playing some really huge roles in my life. And so I have been meditating a lot on this, and it inspired me to talk about the midheaven and share you know some tips for you guys on midheaven magic and so i don't really know what to call this in between segment this is like a part two i guess of the astro tea to me because it's also very heavily to do with the new moon um and yeah we're gonna talk about midheaven magic because i know that i'm not the only one who has their midheaven in Sagittarius or in a fire sign. And I really want to share this knowledge with you guys so that we can all win because that's what matters to me the absolute most, okay? But before I even get into all that, let me just first kind of explain a little more about what the midheaven is, okay? So for those of you who have your um midheaven in a fire sign like i mentioned which is leo aries sagittarius this is for you okay if you have your venus ruled by any of these fire signs or even your jupiter ruled by any of these fire signs this little extra segment piece is also for you okay shit even if your rising sign is ruled by a fire sign especially sagittarius hello you are also in this category. And I would also say anyone who has their midheaven or Jupiter or Venus or ascendant in Pisces, this is also for you, I will say, because Jupiter is in Pisces as we are having this new moon in Sagittarius, okay? So pay attention, y'all, because I'm about to start dropping some gems, okay? Now, 
I want to make sure that the equation is completely understood first because I can get into a really <laughs> deep seance when I start talking about, you know, cosmic magic alignment. Okay. So first, let's discuss the midheaven and honestly and truly what it means because it's it's given so many different, I would say, um, you know, f titles and definitions depending on the astrology you ask. And so the easy answer that you'll be given a lot of times is that the midheaven shows you your career path and how successful you can be in said career. And however, you know, this is true in many ways, I would say it is also a very lazy answer because it only discusses the midheaven if it falls in your 10th house. Okay, and the truth is for the collective, the midheaven can fall from the late degrees of the ninth house, the 10th house itself, yes, which is very common, but also even the early degrees of the 11th house. Okay, this is true. And so the midheaven is more than just your career path. Okay, it is the reflection of your goals in life overall not just goals for each new moon, but your goals in life overall, okay? Like, what are your life goals? Some might say, my life goals are to break generational curses and elevate the generational blessings and wealth so that the beings that come after me can live a more comfortable, more elevated, more divine life, okay? And that might include doing certain things like maybe choosing to not go down the path of the matrix and maybe not necessarily going to school if you don't want to but maybe actually doing your own thing or maybe you do go to school and you're doing your own thing right maybe it means breaking the cycle of the one parent household and having a two parent household regardless of what that couple you know looks like it doesn't matter you know what the outcome is but it's two people sometimes more, <laughs> but two people, right, that are raising um, beings, whether adopted or created, whatever it might be. And maybe that means not raising them in the matrix, not having that family, that soul family in your community in the matrix, but actually returning to the earth as your raising Taurus has been teaching us, right? And going back to doing things in a more authentic and more ancient way for these modern times, such as agriculture, growing your own food, growing your own herbs, making your own tinctures and all these other things, homeschooling, having children giving birth at home versus going to this damn hospital that just stinks, that just stinks of death itself and so many other things. What are your life goals? Maybe it's to take that land that you've now planted seeds of abundance for your family and pass it on to the next generation so that they can build their own abundance and pass it on and pass it on. Maybe your life goals include writing books that will outlive you so that you can live forever, okay? And be an ascended ancestor if you do good shit on this plane, <laughs> right? We all have life goals that go beyond just material things that go beyond ourselves. These goals are 
beyond our lifetime, honestly and truly. Okay, so you have to ask yourself, what are your aspirations in life? That answer is what we find in the midheaven. Okay, and so it's important that we don't water down this placement because the midheaven, which, by the way, is also known as the medium coli. And that is why if you're following your chart right now or any chart that you see and you look at it and you see that it has MC at the top of the chart, which is essentially the midheaven versus MH, that's why. It's called the medium coli, and so that's why the charts will say MC, okay? And you can find that MC, which will show you your midheaven placement at the top of the chart, usually around the 12 o'clock-ish kind of, you know, spot. Um, But again, that's only if it's in the 10th house. For some people, it can be in the late degrees of the 9th house, as well as the early degrees of the 11th house, okay? Okay, now, what I want to say is this, though. The medium coli, also known as the midheaven, it represents the highest point in the horizon that any celestial body can reach. And so with that scientific understanding of the midheaven, we can also say that the midheaven represents the highest point in the horizon of abundance and growth of the self that we as celestial bodies can reach because yes honey we are celestial bodies too at least this is what i believe okay y'all can call yourselves whatever you want doesn't matter to me but i believe that we are all celestial bodies because we were made in the image of a celestial the highest celestial (laughs) so there you have it okay so now that we've discussed the midheaven and what it means and why, you know, it's so important to look at from a broader perspective because of what it means for so many of us. I want us to kind of go deeper and understand why it's important for the upcoming new moon. Because Sagittarius, as we know, rules the ninth house. And so a lot of people will have, you know, their midheaven kind of in the in between of the ninth and 10th house. And so for me, I feel like all of that work that you do that kind of helps bring you to that highest point of abundance and growth and et cetera can be done during Sagittarius season, okay? And for those of you in the categories I mentioned earlier, this new moon can propel you forward in so many ways, okay? I absolutely love working abundance magic under water and earth moons specifically. Um, But with the way the cosmos have been set up this year, (laughs) um, you know, it really hasn't happened a whole lot or the way that I was really hoping for it to. Um, However, because I know my midheaven is in Sagittarius and my rising is in Pisces, Both of these placements are Jupiter ruled, just like this new moon. And because I know that Jupiter has just now stationed uh, direct or will about to be um, on this new moon day in my ascended sign, you best believe, okay, I'm going to be doing some very intense magic. And I know for sure that whatever ritual I plan to do on this moon will be very powerful and have a huge impact on my overall growth 
And so if you've been waiting, you know, like me potentially to work some abundance magic and didn't feel called to do it under the lunar eclipse in Taurus, that is totally okay. Okay. This is your chance to work that magic during this moon. Now, if your midheaven is ruled by a Jupiter sign like Sagittarius or Pisces, then I suggest you complete your work during the planetary hour of Jupiter, okay? And this rule can also be applied for those of you who have your ascendant or Venus or Jupiter placements ruled by one of these two signs as well, Sagittarius or Pisces, okay? Now, for the other fire signs, Leo and Aries, you can work under the Jupiter planetary hour if you feel called to. In fact, everyone in the collective can, obviously. But I'm talking specifics right now for those of you who have Aries or Leo ruling your midheaven in terms of most cosmic alignment, okay? As well, for those of you who have your Ascendant or your Jupiter or your Venus as well ruled by Aries or Leo, Okay, you guys can work your magic this new moon during the sun's planetary hour um, or also during Venus's planetary hour. Okay. Now, actually, no, not even Venus. I would say Mars's planetary hour, not Venus's planetary hour. Okay. Now, again, these are all suggestions that I am simply sharing. You don't have to do this. Okay. And, and, if you miss a time window, you're, you freak out and think that, oh my gosh, now it's not going to work or some shit because I didn't do it the right time. No, that's not true at all. Okay. The point of all of these extra layers in magic is to make it more intentional to the person doing the magic. And I personally just love the extra details because it just feels more potent and more poetic to me. So y'all can do whatever you want. Okay. But I'm just sharing this because I have seen how it works. Okay. So if you're listening to this and thinking, okay, well, that's great, Loli, but I don't have a midheaven or Jupiter or an ascendant or a Venus sign ruled by any of the fire signs or Pisces. Okay. Maybe my midheaven or those other celestial bodies I mentioned are ruled by an air sign or a different water sign or an earth sign. Okay, that's fine too, you guys. Don't worry about that, okay? You can still manifest under this new moon. A Sagittarius stelium while Jupiter is stationed direct is a wonderful time for everyone to do magic in terms of abundance work and whatnot. And I suggest everyone takes advantage of this moon for setting goals for the year ahead. But what I will say is this. Pay attention to your midheaven more and pay attention to the days when the moon enters the sign of your midheaven and what you are doing on those specific days. Because on these days, we can all do a little bit of abundance magic, which might look like taking a bath in certain herbs, burning some um, cinnamon sticks or rose petals or something like that, oranges, okay, um, on a piece of burning coal and let that cleanse your home and bring in more abundance. You can do that every single week, honestly and truly. You don't even have to wait on the day that the moon is in your midheaven. But you can do something every single month if you wanted to on the day that the moon is in your midheaven if you desire. You totally can, 
okay? So pay attention to those days, okay? And when the season comes, when the sun enters your midheaven and we have a new moon, you better work, witch, okay? You better work your magic, okay? This also includes the full moon taking place in your midheaven as well, okay? Work that magic, baby. Do not underestimate the power of your mind. Do not underestimate the power of your magic, of your hands, of your prayers, okay, of the words that you use, of the words that you write down, of the candles that you are anointing. Do not underestimate the power of divine timing, okay? You can apply the same rules I am mentioning to everyone right now about the planetary hours, and I promise you, you won't regret it. The only thing I just want to say is that I'm mentioning this stuff about midheaven magic because it is so powerful and everyone should do it, honestly and truly. Now, you're probably wondering, what are some rituals that you can do when tapping into midheaven magic? And I would say it can be anything related to abundance, okay? It can be anything related to really intense meditation, because we're thinking about how we're going to get to the highest point in the horizon of ourselves. And so we want to really reflect on the steps it will take for us to get there. Right. And so that could that could mean long moments of silence and stillness as well and not doing anything until we find that answer to that will take us to that highest point in the horizon of ourself. Okay. But specifically, I would say, yes, definitely doing abundance magic is going to be very, very, very beneficial so for you that could be you know cleaning your home and filling your altar with gifts if that's what that feels like abundance to you then do that if it's having let's say a luxurious bath with venetian herbs like basil and cinnamon and calendula and rose petals okay and flakes of 24 karat gold as well then baby do that Okay, if it's burning orange and white and green and gold candles, anointed in abundance oil, money herbs, maybe with the fifth pentacle of Jupiter potentially drawn in permanent marker at the bottom of your glass candles, then baby, do that. Okay, these are all very uh, specific things I'm mentioning for a reason. If you're paying attention, hint, hint, wink, wink, okay. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to say about Midheaven Magic, honestly. Um, I hope that this downpour of wisdom helps you guys um, and makes you kind of a little bit more curious to study more of your natal chart because there's so many aspects in the chart that we overlook or maybe we, we looked at the first time that we didn't really um, think too much about. And then when we return to our charts, we have this new pair of eyes that see something completely different and something much, 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 much bigger. Okay, so I really, really hope that this helps you guys with that. And I am sure that if you are, you know, tapping into this, that you are not going to regret it. Okay, and if you've received a solar return reading by me and you're not tapping into this magic of that chart too, in conjunction to your natal chart, then beloved, you ain't listening to the, to the homework, Okay, and I don't know what you're doing, but I really hope you tap into your homework more. Okay, because there is so much more that you can do. You have so much more control that you give yourself credit for. It all starts with your mind, absolutely. Um, but that can take you so many places. Okay, Midheaven Magic is so, so, so special. I have received blessings and offerings 
that have either fallen in the same degree of my midheaven during those seasons or during those days when the moon is there and it's it never fails me it's like always the same thing it's crazy um so that just proves to y'all that divine timing is very real just like magic and the further you go down that rabbit hole the more you'll understand but yes working with your midheaven is very very special so again for those of you who have your your jupiter your venus your ascendant or your or your midheaven ruled by sagittarius okay this moon is very 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 special for us so work baby work if it is if you have those placements or planets whatever ruled by aries um, or leo this moon can also bring you some really special abundance because there's going to be some really great shrines being made with your with your natal placements okay if you have any of those placements ruled by pisces tap into it i know it's the element of fire but like i said before in the new moon uh, chart explanation jupiter in pisces and neptune in pisces are conjunct one another and are making a trine to the um sagittarius stelium and so work your magic baby okay work your magic okay um and i hope that everyone else who has been listening who doesn't have you know those placements ruled by the signs i've mentioned um, your time will come and this abundance will, will definitely serve you. And I really, really, really hope that you apply it. And honestly, keep me um, posted because I'm really curious to hear everyone's success stories of what happens after they've done this magic. Okay. All right. Let's keep it moving. So because we are entering Sagittarius season, um, depending on the day that you are listening to this, which is Saturn's day, um, and the moon is in Libra, shout out to Libras. Um, I know that a lot of people will be talking about manifestation, um, dreams and visions and the law of attraction. Um, and so for this gospel segment, I wanted to talk about the lessons that we can learn from Jupiter, AKA sugar zaddy themselves, which touch on all of these subjects and much, much, much more. And so one of those major lessons, obviously, which comes to mind when we think about Jupiter and we think about Sagittarius is being optimistic, okay? And believing that things will work in your favor. Now, after the twisted, dark fantasy shit show, let's be real, of Scorpio season, aka eclipse season, it can be really hard for us to unlearn some of the things that we've picked up under the Scorpion sun. And one of those things that we pick up, which we've probably picked up before and put down many times, is the idea of paranoia, you know, or always feeling like we have to wear our armor because there's some big bad thing out there to get us. Um, a lot of times in Scorpio season, there is so much talk about jealousy and sneakiness and the shadows and the boogeyman and the darkness and the wah, wah, wah. We <laughs> tend to clench up and put our walls all the way up and become very, very, very guarded. And while yes, that is important, we must remember that, baby, we are always guarded. We are always guarded because we walk with the divine, because the divine walks with us, period.
period, okay? Because our ancestors walk with us. And so while yes, some days we will have to be a little bit more guarded than usual, we don't have to keep our walls all the way up that nothing can come in as just as nothing can come out. Okay, so we want to make sure that we are kind of unlearning those things or at least um, pausing those things for a little bit while we are in this in this uh, season and, and moving forward. And I feel like Jupiter is really good at reminding us that because Jupiter teaches us that good things are always out to get us. Yes, always. And even though we may not understand fully how that thing will show up, the good things always show up, okay? And that's the truth. And believing in that truth is what's going to attract more of the things that we are going to be hearing as uh, points of conversation during this season, Okay, there's going to be a lot of talk about the law of attraction. And a lot of times it's talked about in this way where just be optimistic and everything will fall into place. And that's not true. That's not true at all. Okay, I feel like the last step of the law of attraction that should be talked about is the law of detachment. Because very quickly, studying the law of attraction can turn into the law of addiction and the law of paranoia and the law of obsession. Because as we get in this trance to um, attract all these desires to us, all this sweetness and all these visions and all these great things, if they don't happen at the right timing, in our minds, we can kind of lose faith in the sight and the vision. And then we start to kind of steer away from it and become bitter and start to tell ourselves that, you see, this was too good to be true. Oh, you weren't being realistic. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, so optimism isn't just going to, you know, happen naturally and should be <laughs> practiced every single day in this robotic way that feels unnatural. Optimism, I would say, is when you are your absolute most authentic self and your most honest self and being proud of that and allowing that to shine through to me is optimism. Okay. And even though, like I said before, we may not always understand how that good thing is going to show up. It definitely always does. Um, but again, being optimistic is not easy right? It's not easy, especially in this very much apocalyptic world that we all seem to be living in. But I will say this, optimism is about being your complete, authentic, and honest self, right? So that means it has to feel natural. And for something to feel natural to you, even if it's not, and you're rewiring your brain or because you're unlearning old shit, right? You're going to have to practice it first, baby. You're going to have to practice it first. Something that Beyonce said, um, I don't know what tour or performance she was doing. I think it was her homecoming tour or homecoming performance for, what is that, damn, whatever. 
that <laughs> that damn music festival that takes place Coach Coachella anyways during her performance or during her documentary she said that you know a lot of people don't like practice or rehearsal because it shows them you know that they have to kind of face themselves and they have to real they, they realize during that moment that they aren't you know perfect and you kind of have to confront that through the art of practice and through rehearsal now i'm just paraphrasing she said it in a much more poetic you know virgo-esque way than i am but basically that's what she was saying is that people don't like to practice and rehearse things because it shows them who they are it shows them their progress it shows them what they have it shows them their true potential and how much they actually believe in that and it's true and i would say that optimism is the same thing it makes us really you know uncomfortable maybe and feels unnatural to us at first because we're not used to it and so we have to practice it to get better at it and that's how we attract it even manifesting you're, you're not going to just manifest you know <laughs> this millions of dollars that you want overnight some people do and you know i don't i got questions for them but it takes practice it takes practice optimism as well i would say takes practice um but the more that we remind ourselves you know that we too are worthy of our blessings that we too are worthy of good things happening to us the more that they will okay and so that's just the truth and i love jupiter for reminding us that you know being optimistic and believing that things will work in our favor is what's going to attract more things in our favor um i recently learned a word that aligns to this from a lovely mystic on twitter so shout out to Donna if you're listening to this. And the word was pronoia, which is the opposite of paranoia. And it means that you have the belief that the universe and entities around you are conspiring to work in your favor. And honestly, this is probably one of my favorite new words and things to understand and, and really digest and apply for myself. Um, <laughs> and I'll probably write it on my mirror or something like that because I feel like my Scorpio st stelium could really use a venti double shot of pernoia, to be honest. Um, but I love that. I absolutely love that. Having the belief that the universe and entities around you are conspiring to work in your favor. If we could all just like wake up and remind ourselves that daily and remind ourselves that, you know, very important thing, even in the midst of chaos, it might be a little bit easier to digest because we know that there is something good coming from this, right? It's choosing to look at the silver lining and everything. Again, it's not easy, especially in this apocalyptic nonsense, black mirror, ridiculous world, but we have to practice that to attract those things. And the more that we you know, practice that belief, the more that it becomes more easy and more natural to us. And so we don't have to be so hyper-focused on the idea of attracting our blessings because they'll always just be around us and always be there. And so we can then kind of tap into the law of attachment and know that, you know, I don't have to be hyper-focused on this and become 
overly obsessed with this thing because I know it's already there for me. And it'll be there if I leave. It'll be there when I come back. Okay. Um, Another lesson we can learn from Jupiter is that luck is always on our side. And this is true when you know you've been in preparation mode for your blessings. And it is 222 as I'm saying this. Shout out to the spirit, okay? Hello. There's this misunderstanding of people who are successful. And people will say things like, oh, they're so lucky to have this thing happen to them. And that whatever happened to them was because of some secret potion that they have and is allowing them to attract all of these blessings to them. <laughs> and that's totally false. That's completely false, okay? Luck is not given, okay? It is prepared for and then received when we go from preparation mode to ready mode, okay? Because yes, there is a difference between being ready and getting ready, okay? Being ready means you've already arrived. Getting ready means you're on your way there, okay? So the next time you go on a rant about someone being lucky and you feel this slight sense of defeat or sadness for yourself, wondering when your victory will come, ask yourself this, what do they have that I don't? In fact, you're probably already asking yourself that and your ego will tell you a list of material items maybe when you ask that question. But your higher self will tell you they don't have a damn thing that you don't have, okay? There is nothing that they have that you don't already have in abundance, okay? And I know that can be really hard to believe, but that's because you're looking through the material lens. You must look harder, beloved, okay? The grass is always green when you are tending to it. Your grass will always be greener when you focus on watering it, okay? Blessing that water and giving thanks for having the water to even pour into said grass. That is what keeps the grass green, okay? Comparison is the thief of joy, okay? And it is one that can never be refunded in time. You don't ever get a refund for comparing yourself. All you do is get time taken away from you and joy taken away from you. Okay. And, you know, you can always reclaim your joy by remembering who you are and what you've accomplished and the roots and the spirits that you come from. You can't reclaim your time but you can reclaim your joy, (laughs) okay? And while preparing for our blessings is a guaranteed way for us to receive them, we must also remember that the motivation to prepare for said blessings, it won't always be there. And so while this whole rant is about luck being on your side, 
understand that what I'm talking about is that luck is always on your side when your ass is prepared to receive it, okay? And to prepare for those blessings, you don't need motivation. You need something else, something a little bit more deep than, than luck and motivation, okay? And whenever the collective discusses things like manifestation, there's always this talk about motivation, right? Do the things that motivate you. Do the things that make you feel good. Tap into the things that your higher self would already be enjoying because they're going to motivate you to get there. Blah, 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 blah. And yes, there is truth in that. But motivation is not enough. It's not enough. Okay? You, and you can ask a Pisces this. <laughs> it ain't enough. There will be days, okay, there will be seasons, there will be moon cycles where you won't feel like doing a fucking thing, okay? Motivation may feel like a toxic ex-lover who only shows up when you least expect it, you know? And then when they do show up, we push ourselves to get things done Sometimes this means even beyond our limits and entering spaces of burnout and exhaustion, which can soon lead to um, impatience and frustration. And then when the cloudy days show up again, because now we've exhausted ourselves of our energy and we lack the motivation, we start to tell ourselves things that aren't true about ourselves which of course can become much more spiraling down a dark path and it's obviously not cute but it sure does waste our time okay and so people who may appear to be lucky they didn't just lean on motivation to get them where they are okay recognize that they grounded themselves in their discipline and took it seriously Okay, discipline is that stable lover who is emotionally available and shows up for you every single time. Okay, they may not show up with flowers and chocolate and balloons every single day or all the time like motivation does because they, tr they try to hide their tracks when an apology is due, <laughs> but they show up every single time. And that is the point, okay? So many would probably say that Jupiter is motivation and Saturn is discipline. But I believe that Jupiter can be both as well, okay? Because in order to become an ascended master or a pro in anything, okay, to become the, the sensei, okay, time has to be spent studying and observing this topic, whatever the interest is. And time is one thing that Jupiter absolutely loves to spend if it means bringing them closer to their goal. So something that I've shared before actually um, on Instagram, on this podcast and probably other platforms is the fact that there are two fathers of time. There's Saturn, who's known as the father of time, but I also believe that Jupiter is also the father of time as well. One is father time of the past and one is father time of the future and present. 
Okay. And so, yeah. Um, I really just think that, you know, Jupiter is just really obsessed with <laughs> getting better at things. And so they don't mind spending the extra time. Okay. So when you are disciplined, you are in preparation mode or AKA already assembled mode. Okay. Which means that luck is always on your side and your blessings will find you with ease. Now, another thing I would say that Jupiter teaches us is that knowledge is power, but wisdom is priceless. And you can, you know, dig really deep with what I mean by that, because yes, there is a difference between the two, okay? You can have all the knowledge in the world, honey, okay? You can take as many yoga teacher trainings as you want. You can enroll in as many astrology courses as you want, okay? As many tarot courses as you want, as many witchcraft courses as you want even, Okay, you can be the highest level of Reiki master, gain all of the certificates in the world under the woo spaces that exist that you desire. Okay, you can do all of these things. Okay, you can even pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to be initiated into the most ancient and most beautiful and most magical traditions on this earth. And honestly, none of it will really matter if what you learned on these journeys aren't applied, okay? Wisdom is knowledge that is understood and applied, okay? Wisdom is the practice of knowledge. It is knowledge in motion. Why do I say that? Because when you know better, you do better, period. That's just how it works. Okay, now some people <laughs> know better, but they still choose the cycles of chaos because it is what they know and they've convinced themselves it is a comfort zone and that it is safe. But this is so wrong. It is, it, it is so wrong and it will only lead to more doom and more emptiness. Okay. So again, knowledge is power, but wisdom is priceless. And Jupiter really teaches us that. Jupiter teaches us that when you receive more knowledge, when you receive more abundance from elders and, and downloads and et cetera, when you spend more time mastering the self, you do better. You just do better because no one can play you because you ain't playing yourself no more because you actually are doing better. Okay, if you want to get out of the grave, then you must put down the shovel. That's it. Okay, so keep doing what you've always done and you will continue to receive what you always have. Jupiter ain't got time for that. <laughs> Jupiter does not have time for the same old dusty experiences. Jupiter is looking to conquer everything. Jupiter wants to stamp every single page in the passport book, honey. Okay, so Jupiter doesn't have time for that shit. Okay, Jupiter wants new experiences, better experiences. Okay, I would say that there are 
a lot of mystics out there that will dive into all sorts of different practices because they feel called to them. But I believe there is a deeper reason for that. Um, I believe they feel called to them because subconsciously speaking, they are seeking answers. And Jupiter is always looking for answers. Okay? Jupiter is always going to go through every single book to find those answers. Every single course to find those answers. But what is the question that their soul is asking? Okay? And have they taken a moment to actually ponder said question? Because if you are just out there seeking answers, but you don't even know what question you're asking, baby, you're going to get lost. <laughs> okay? And it's really important to know this because otherwise, how would you know which experiences will actually serve you? Okay? And so I would say most mystics who, who go down this path of dabbling into everything and, and a lot of times label themselves as eclectic practitioners, which many of us are, and that's fine, but I'm talking the ones who are in like literally everything. You go to their altar and there's a statue from this particular practice, a deity from this practice, a deity from that practice, and the energy just does not align at all and they are out here just causing chaos. Some of them even call themselves chaos witches and that's, well, that's pretty self-explanatory. Okay, um, but you have to know what question you are asking so that you can understand what answers you are seeking. Okay, and so I would say because they don't know and they just go on and on and on, they decorate themselves from head to toe in knowledge, but they don't have not one bumaklat talisman of wisdom on them. And it's sad. And a lot of these beings are leading other people or, you know, are not intentionally trying to lead other people, but are becoming leaders in the collective because that's just their path and et cetera. But it's very messy. <laughs> and so I would say in Sagittarius season, a lot of us will feel called to seek new knowledge. Okay, yes. And tap into new passions. Um, but also tap into old ones and return to those old ones. And yes, there is beauty in this. And I believe that we should tap into all of these because spirit has led us there for a reason. But take a moment to pause and ground yourself in that understanding and ask spirit, okay, you've led me to this. I've been seeing more hints and signs to tap into this knowledge again or to this new one. What is the purpose of it for my path? What am I meant to receive and obtain and potentially maintain from this for my path? Okay. And that'll kind of help us understand what exactly we're doing. Okay. Once you've soaked up the knowledge, take the time to digest it as well. Take the time to digest it as well, okay? Take the time to apply it, okay? Because once you master this thing, doesn't mean you have to go and <laughs> start preaching about it to everybody else, 
take time to practice this wisdom that you've now gained. Okay, allow spirit to show you how this knowledge can unfold in your life through various events. Sometimes those events are tests, okay? And the whole point of those tests is to see that you can master yourself and recognize the wisdom that you've always had within because you are going to need that wisdom that you have when those tests show up. Okay, now with this, I want to say some of y'all who are listening to this are your own elders. Okay, and you are looking for elders to teach you something that you are, you know, seeking and maybe don't even know what you're seeking and you haven't found it yet. And maybe you never will. And that's because it's already within you. Okay, now let me just be clear. Elders are very important, especially if you are tapping into more ancient traditions of your ancestors and etc. Okay, yes, they are important, but they are not God. Okay, they are human, just like us. And so when you seek wisdom outside of yourself, make sure you are certain of why you are going to an outside source in the first place. Okay, instead of depending on the connection you have with spirit already, you have to really start asking yourself these questions. Wait, why am I even looking for this? Why am I looking for this answer? What will this lead me to? What will this do for me? Because sometimes we, we seek answers that won't do anything besides distract us from the work that we need to be doing. Hello. Okay, so these are three, three, uh, three major <laughs> lessons that we can learn from Jupiter. So as a reminder, the first one I mentioned is be optimistic and trust and believe that good things are working in your favor. Two, luck is always on your side, but luck is the arrival of bl blessings that have been prepared for, okay? And lastly, knowledge is power, yes, but your wisdom is priceless. Once you've received that knowledge, apply it and transform it into wisdom and when you've mastered that wisdom over your own tests that have been conquered successfully over and over and over again then you can guide others if you feel uh you know like you need to but you really don't okay okay my loves before i get into the ancestral antidote something i just also want to add on actually um, and this kind of came in as a message as I was recording this episode. And I would say it's also a lesson from Jupiter and one that we are going to be kind of reminded about during Sagittarius season. And that is don't ever underestimate the power of you. Don't ever underestimate the power of spirit and the power of spirit working through you. Okay. Sagittarius season is all about receiving abundance and sharing abundance and expanding it on all realms and planes. Yes. And a lot of times in this season, people and entities and etc. may come around looking for their piece of the pie, may even try to take credit for the pie that you baked, okay, with the ingredients that you grew yourself. And so I just want to share this message from spirit and say, 
Um, do not underestimate your role and do not underestimate the role that spirit plays in your life, okay? People in this season will try to tear you down because they see you glowing up. They see you, you know, getting happy. They see you coming out of your villain era, your flop era. They see you being resilient and they hate that. Or it makes them uncomfortable and it triggers them because they don't have that strength. They don't have that faith. They don't have that trust. They don't have that ability to surrender and submit to spirit. They're too full of their own immature ego. Okay. And so they will project on you in this season of Sagittarius, in this wonderful season of Jupiter, and try to remind you that they put you in the place that spirit had created before your ass even got here. Okay. And so as a reminder, you got to where you are because of yourself. And even though you may have had loved ones, okay, affairs, connections, etc., that have supported you along the way. You got there because of you. You got there because of spirit, okay, because of the divine, okay? Willingly, all things come from the divine. Do not put these mortals, especially these mugglefuckers, okay, on no goddamn pedestal. Take it off. It is not for them. It is for you. So do not let anyone convince you that you need to bend the knee to them for what they've done for you or whatever it may be. Those people are not your people. When people are doing goodness from the from the truth of their heart with integrity, with genuine actual love for you, they don't need they don't have this desire to remind you of it later on because they know it'll return in some other way. That's the whole point. People who are keeping tabs and shit, ain't nobody got time for that. Okay, so check your people. And the people who are trying to check you and try to check your blessings and say, oh yeah, well, here, where's my piece of the pie because I helped you with X, Y, Z. Fuck them. Sideways, upside down, with a cactus, everything. <laughs> Fuck them, okay? And I can see this happening a lot in Sagittarius season because people get so like greedy, you know, in Sagittarius season, because there is this expansiveness of abundance and people can see it on you despite all the storms that you've gone through. So again, don't let these motherfuckers make you feel like they, that you owe them anything because they supported you on your journey. So the fuck what? You can give gratitude to them in your own way, but don't let them try to take credit for what spirit did for you. Okay, because a lot of these mortals are just too much up their own fucking asses and they will try, baby, and they will project on you a lot this season, especially as this Mars square to Neptune continues to go on. And when that Mars and Sagittarius sun opposition takes place, it'll get it'll get really nasty. Okay, so when people try to come for your blessings, return to sender. That's it. Just just move on. Okay. Don't ever feel like you have to share your spot with anyone, okay? The world is your oyster. Spirit is just waiting for you to step into the spotlight, honey, okay? Your, your place was reserved from you, for you before you even got there. So don't let them tell you otherwise. Don't let anyone or any entity tell you otherwise, okay? Those motherfuckers are agents of chaos, like I said before. Fuck up, okay? Okay. 
So now that I've gotten that quick message out, uh, which I feel is actually coming from an ancestor, to be honest, um, let's get into our ancestral antidote. And so the first thing I want to share for this week's antidote um, is a medicine that I have been leaning on for myself. And that is the most simple thing that we know called tea. Yes, not astro tea, okay, the other tea, you know, the one that you drink and it's delicious. I know it can sound boring, but it's so, so true. Even as I'm recording this, I have been drinking tea actually. And so I found myself, you know, uh, drinking a lot more coffee than I would like to admit over the summer and even into the transition of fall. And my tea drinking days became more limited which is honestly really wild and a kind of a little bit embarrassing to say because I do have an apothecary full of herbs and I can make as many teas as I want to, um, but I wasn't doing that. I was really leaning into coffee, which is great, yes, for keeping your ass awake, but it's also great for triggering your nervous system and actually making you run f- you know, more on burnout than anything else. And so while, yes, I am still enjoying coffee and lattes and everything else in between, I do believe that balance is important. And, um, you know, I have become more mindful of ending my days with tea to ground my body and flesh out any energy that has lingered within from that day. And it really does help bring in some balance. Um, Tea is such a beautiful, I would say, grounding tool that we can all enjoy and add to our daily rituals when we rise with the sun or rest under the moon's light, okay? And so, yeah, that is one of the antidotes I have been leading on as medicine for myself personally. It's super simple, but it has really kind of helped me bring me back to my zen, to my ma'at. And so I'm very, very, very grateful for tea and for herbs in general. Um... My favorite teas right now are actually uh, Shy Tea featuring a teaspoon of golden moon milk from Amina Mundi Herbals. I absolutely love using this blend. I love to add it to my um, chai tea. It's so good together. And the other one I'm really enjoying is Tulsi with rose petals and chamomile tea. And others as well. But those are my two like really great faves right now that I absolutely love. So if you're looking for some new teas to try out, try out um, the Golden Moon Milk by Amina Mundi Herbals. Try out chai tea. Um, you know, try out different mixes of herbs that you might already have that you haven't really been tapping into. Maybe there's something really special about those herbs that can, you know, um, give you some, I would say, insight even because the herbs are also... I would say the oldest teachers of this earth, the herbs, the plants. And so we can learn a lot from not just drinking them, but, you know, digesting them in other ways um, as well. Uh, The other thing I want to mention is journaling and reading my entries as well for my journaling um, out loud to myself, sometimes in a mirror, depending on what I'm writing. Um, but this has also been very, very, very helpful, um, especially during Scorpio season, because there was a lot of um, 
not doubt per se, but a lot of just like impatience and like really questioning timelines and questioning my skill set as an astrologer and as a medium and a psychic. And so journaling has been one of those practices that has been grounding me a lot more. And I also like to kind of reflect and go back in time at my old journal entries so I can kind of see the evolution of my prayers and my intentions unfolding to kind of be a reminder of, you know, what I've been doing. And so um, I wish it was a practice that I did more, um, but I am actively working on it. And I feel like it serves me very, very well every time I do return to it. Um, and I know, yes, I know I mentioned journaling a lot in this in this uh, podcast overall, but that's because I believe it can be a wonderful gateway to self-awareness. And I wish more people would tap into journaling, including myself, a lot more. Um, so yeah, those are the two things that I had been kind of leaning into in terms of medicine as antidote for myself that I want to share with you guys. Now, from my honorable beloved ancestors, um, they have, of course, suggested their own things. Um, and some of those things included um, connecting with family on a deeper level. I know that this is kind of cliche because we are entering the holiday season, but more so, you know, your family that aligns with you and your soul family. There's been a lot of shit going on. And so allowing ourselves to kind of share our abundance or gratitude for those beings in our lives through some sort of exchange, if possible, um, would be really, really, really great and can come back to us in many folds forward as abundance as well. Um, especially with connecting deeper with the matriarchs of our family. Um, this is also a huge message that they had mentioned. Now, I will say, though, only do this if the relationship is healthy and does not threaten your peace, because sometimes the matriarchs of the family can be, you know, a pest, <laughs> basically. Um, they also mentioned cooking more homemade meals, especially from our cultures and sharing more of those dishes with your own ancestors, okay? So when you're making those meals, put out the first one for your honorable ancestors, leave it on your altar, pour them a glass of water, their favorite liquor, maybe a cigar or two, whatever they might have enjoyed, okay? And speak your positive intentions to them, elevate their spirits and watch as they help elevate you too. They also mentioned getting your medical appointments booked and not waiting until the new year because Jupiter magnifies all sorts of things in our life, okay? And so you want to make sure that you aren't caught off guard or surprised when things erupt to the surface, okay? And lastly, they mentioned protection magic. So when you're calling in your blessings and you're praying for abundance, also remember to pray for discipline, pray for protection, and pray for discernment so you can maintain these blessings. Okay, uh, I wanted to end this episode with a couple of quotes, um, and I'll s explain why afterwards. So the first one is this, happiness is the consequence of personal effort. You fight for it, strive for it, insist upon it, and sometimes even travel around the world looking for it. You have to participate relentlessly in the manifestations of your own blessings. 
And once you have achieved a state of happiness, you must never become lax about maintaining it. You must make a mighty effort to keep swimming upward into that happiness forever to stay afloat on top of it. Second quote, if you clear out all of that space in your mind, you would have a doorway. Now, these two quotes are by Elizabeth Gilbert, who is the author of Eat, Pray, Love, which has been turned into a movie, not in recent years, but you know, it's an, it's an old movie, I would say. And I would say that both the movie and the book are amazing. And to me, both of these things really reflect the essence of Sagittarius because it is about the journey of the self and going beyond the self to understand our purpose, right? And understand what truly brings us our Zen, our, our moments of ma'at, our peace, our true joy. And honestly, I would say, I believe that this book and movie actually shows us what the seventh to 12th house journey of the astrological chart can look like when it unfolds in divine timing. And I said that because of the way that it unfolds from the happily ever after wedding and the marriage, which then turns into the person feeling completely alone and in the dark and questioning everything that they've ever done, destroying this heavily ever after that they thought they wanted and, and starting all over again. Okay, leaving your comfort zone and your home itself to find something deeper that is calling to you. Okay. Mastering something new while breaking free of older traditions, meeting soul family, and finally meeting your own soul and seeing you for who you truly are. So I wanted to share those quotes because they are from this amazing book and um, it truly reaps of Sagittarius essence. So yeah, there you go. And so for that, I will say mystics, that is all I have to say for this episode. If you listen to the very end, I thank you so much for sticking around. Thank you so much for tuning in and subscribing, okay, and following the podcast and tuning in. Um, I really enjoyed recording this episode and I hope that you enjoyed listening to it. Your support is always appreciated and I'm sending you all the abundance and gratitude back your way as well. There was a lot um, dropped in here, so replay it a few times if you desire, okay? And if you have any questions about what was discussed on this episode, including the Midheaven Magic or the New Moon or anything else in between, then you can comment on the posts that are made on I, on Instagram about this episode. Um, and you can also join the Coven on Patreon, where I dive deep into these topics and guide you through the conjuring processes to support you in your own workings. So you'll find us on patreon.com forward slash lowly moon. Okay. Follow us on Instagram at mystic moon medicine for astrology and spiritual updates at the brew lily moon for podcast updates at Gorgon of Venus for a glimpse of behind the scenes of your girl lily moon. You can also find me on Twitter at Gorgon of Venus, um, which yes, I did change my handle again because I am very tired of people reposting my tweets as part of their little Instagram carousels and threads and not tagging me. 
and the handle before didn't match any of my accounts, so now it does. And as always, I will say visit mysticmedicine.com to tune into your weekly horoscopes and book your own personal readings, including the year ahead readings, which are officially open right now, okay? Um, lastly, I will say this, we are also opening up submissions for our next Community Coven episode, which will be talking all about winter solstice and traditions of winter solstice and of yule so if you have any traditions for the yule slash winter solstice season coming up please send them our way in our dms okay we are also going to be talking about gifts for the signs so if you follow the instagram at the brutally moon or even at mississippi medicine you will find um in our highlights for community coven where you can submit those um, answers and every single submission is going to be included in our next draw for a free 30-minute astro tarot reading because we love to give back to y'all because we love you guys so 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 very much so i am wishing you a juicy prosperous and sexy sagittarius season i pray that all of your dreams and visions of sweetness come true and i pray that you are present and aware of your power when they arrive so you can receive them whole. One love, Ashe, peace.